Welcome back to the Trifecta Soft Podcast. I'm your host, E-Rock. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button if you haven't already, so you never miss another podcast. Also, do me a favor. Go on to whatever podcast app you listen to us on and give us a rating and review. That really helps us rank in the searches. Thank you so much. Let's get into the podcast. Welcome. Yeah, thanks. I've been watching your channel for uh, for years. No way. To be honest, yeah. You're so quiet, dude. Like, no, I'm not talking about right now, but I'm saying like, you, you, you never really, I didn't really know until recently that you were, you know, part of our viewership, I guess. Yeah. I'm not really extroverted. I'm really more kind of in my own area, you know, so that's what I like about discord is I can talk to so many different people without ever having to actually talk to them, you know, like, but like get in person. Right. Yeah. All those servers and different rooms and stuff. So I like yeah, to, exactly. it's more personal that way too. Yeah, man, that's uh that's what I'm finding like this, uh, you know, well gaming for sure. Like gamers, you mm-hmm. can be very, um, anonymous mm-hmm. pretty much. Like you just kind of live through your character or socialize almost through your character, whatever game you're playing. Uh, you don't even have to wear a headset, um, you know, and then like you said, Discord, you can be a part of conversations without uh, the social, like physical interaction. Yeah, it's a whole different, I guess, generation of uh, just interactions. Sure. Well, I mean, that you know, that, that part of it, I feel like, see – being my age, coming up the way I came up, I was kind of, uh, there was all this conversation when video games first uh, started becoming very popular and social media, well, social media was, you know, that's more, way more recent. Video games and talking online and chatting online and, you know, forums and that kind of thing, that was in the 90s, late 90s, early 2000s, uh, mm-hmm. was becoming very popular. And there were, there was always people, like a lot more people, I think, back then, especially the older generation, like my older sister's generation, like 10 years older than me, or, uh, that generation that were like really resistant to like, oh, this is damaging. You know, this is really bad for people. Like you need to, you need to interact face to face. And there, you know, there is a, a benefit to that for sure. Uh, yeah, yeah there's a lot of value in that, definitely. Right. But, but doing like this, uh, socializing this way and on video games and, you know, all the things that we're doing now, it's it really feeds that need that we have to be around people. We still feel connected, even mm-hmm. though we're not face-to-face. So it's fine. <laughs> Is this, have you started recording or how does this usually work? Yeah, I started recording, man. I started okay. <laughs> recording like right away because I, I don't know so. how, I never know how the conversation is going to start out. So um, I already have everything ready and then I start recording. And then what I do is I usually cut it um, from the part that I say welcome. <laughs> so mm-hmm. unless uh, there's a long conversation that has nothing to do like if it's, you know, it's just kind of like 
an icebreaker kind of thing. Like we're just talking about work. Like um, when I did the uh, podcast with the uh, the guys in California, the team called Shogun, we talked yeah. for probably 10, 15 minutes. And then I, I, uh, and, and I cut that out and I actually put it on our YouTube for members um, just as like a behind the scenes. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, so I start recording right away and then see where it goes from there because almost everyone that I've had on the podcast, it's, uh, it's my first time talking with them voice to voice, I guess. And then, mm-hmm. uh, my first, you know, it's usually their first time on a podcast. So, you know, it's, you don't, I don't, I don't like being, um, stuck on a format. I, I like to just have a casual conversation. Um, and there's other formats open, out there. It's discussion kind of. Yeah. It's open discussion. Uh, so I don't have this, Hey, part one, let's go. Let's, uh, what's your call sign? What's your name? You know, go over the history of that. And then yeah, step two, really this. I don't, I don't work well that way, honestly, like in just in real life. And I've, I'm like, it wouldn't come natural. So I would have to force myself to kind of do that. If I was doing, you know, doing it on here, it would be really, uh, I, I feel like it would be awkward for me because I'd have to, it would sound weird. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of forced. Right. Right. Sure. Um, so anyway, so yeah, man. Uh, so is it Hefe Airsoft? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay, cool. Um, and from what I understand, and you, you can fill me in on, on a lot of this stuff is, uh, you do some pretty badass custom builds. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, I never heard anyone describe it that way, but yeah, I guess that's a, okay. That's well, <laughs> uh, I know you don't, you're probably pretty modest. So you do custom builds. I do a lot. I, okay. The custom builds are easiest to market because they're the, they're the flashy exotic things that get a lot of likes on Instagram and stuff. So it's that's a bigger part of what I do, and I think it's more enjoyable for me because it's cool just to have all these random parts put together in different combinations and see what people like, and that's the most marketable way. But I also have um, my home, a whole store. So I have BBs and like guns and gear and everything. I recently just started doing um, events. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> like uh, you're you're setting up to host an event? Yeah. So I started in October. Was my first one. It was a zombies theme event. Um, let me send you the link to it. Okay. So basically, I started watching like the Swamp Sniper channel and mm-hmm. his insane, um, his insane events. Like he does a really good job with his rule set and his the games that he makes. Right. So I thought to myself, I'm pretty far away from Virginia, so and I'm sure most of the other audience that watch that channel are far away too. So I just want to bring that experience to a different audience, you know, people who won't really ever be able to go to the Rev events or the, his super awesome, uh, like Western events and stuff. 
Right. So I just wanted to bring that just to my area because it's a lot of fun. It's a different, it's a different class of airsofters because you have the serious hardcore milsimmers who do like the forty-hour ops, mm. and then you got the speed softers who do the tournaments and stuff. So this is like in the middle, where yeah. you're out there, you're playing airsoft, and you're just doing it in the way that you like, and you're not forced to follow the extreme rules. You don't have to do the the whole 40 hours events, you know, that's not a lot of people can afford that. Like the tickets are expensive, the gear and the travel. Then also it's like a full weekend. So not everyone can just spend a full weekend doing that. So I wanted to be able to provide like, just like a snippet or like a glimpse of an experience that you can't really get anywhere else. And just like in the middle area. So Operation Hades, what I just sent you, is kind of my take on the Swamp Sniper zombie series. Um, yeah, I, I just I got it pulled up right now. You can't see it, but um, it's actually on the screen right now. Mm-hmm. The uh, picture you sent me? Yeah. Yeah, so, it's... Uh, go ahead. Extreme, Extreme Rage Sports Park. Where's that at? So I'm in, like, Fort Lauderdale metro area. Okay. Florida. Um, so Extreme Rage Sports Park is a paintball park in Hollywood, Florida. Okay. Um, so I don't, I have my own online store. I don't have a physical location or anything. Sure. So I was just looking around at places to host events and this paintball park is closer to me than the other places. Um, and they don't really do airsoft. So I just spoke with the owners and asked them if I could rent it out for any period of time, like if they would let me do it during the day or after hours or whatever. Yeah. Um, so we worked out a deal where um, basically the park closes at like 5. So from 5 to like 10 is when I can rent out the place to do airsoft stuff. So, oh, wow. Okay. In October, that's when we did the zombies theme. Pretty much the same rule set as the Swamp Sniper series. Um, you know, just like an immersive Walking Dead style situation. Um, and I had my own little twists in there and everything, and it was a lot of fun. So you guys already did this this past October? Yeah. Oh, Okay. No shit. Okay. Yeah. Well, how? So when you when you started, uh, how did you get all the uh, NPCs like the or I guess they are players, um, zombies, right? Yeah. How did you so get everybody to show like, uh, what did you post about it? It's really hard to start like a new event company, I guess, because right. you got to build that trust, and no one really knows who you are, they're not going to know this venue either, so they don't they don't have much to go off of besides the rule set, so I would type up the rules, make all these cool flyers and stuff, and, and infographics, and really spend a lot of time just DMing people on social media, and uh, sharing the links on Facebook, and just trying everything I can to share yeah. 
content to share the event because eventually someone's going to see it and say, oh, I think my friends would like this and they'll show their friends and um, that's just kind of like a snowball effect. But it's really hard to start and I didn't have a lot of luck. I planned it for like 100 people to show up. Yeah. And we got like, I think 20. Oh, okay. Which, I mean, we only had to pay per person and not like a flat rate. So it wasn't, we didn't take a loss or anything, but it was still cool to see how the the event still worked great with the 20 people. I mean, obviously, <clears throat> the more people, the better, but I think everyone still had a great time. Yeah. Well, you know, um, the podcast I did recently with uh, Milsim or Nomad Milsim, I think, mm -hmm. is the yeah, uh, I've, event. I've been talking to him the past year or so. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you probably know then. Well, I had no clue, uh, you know, because I've, I've never really talked with anyone that started hosting events. So um, I didn't know. I mean, it made sense when he said it. I just had never thought of it that, you know, some of these fields are, or most fields are really hesitant because like you said, if, uh, if you can't guarantee how many people are going to be there, like how much feel, you know, how much the field's going to, like, you're going to have to pay them or, you know, working all that out for a field is, uh, I think probably the most difficult thing for yeah. event coordinators. If you don't have your own land now, Balahack, you know, he's got his own place like that. I think that was just his property years and years ago. And, uh, he just started building on it, you know? Yeah. He's got a, he's got a really good setup going. He got a huge map, honestly, with different towns in his property. Like that's pretty, it's a pretty sweet setup. Right. And that's perfect for these style events. Yeah. So is this something, uh, well, are, are you, how long have you been into Airsoft? Um, I mean, on and off for like 13 years. Oh, I started wow, okay. like most people in their, in your backyard. Right. Just with like Walmart guns and stuff. And you'd shoot each other in the woods and just, we, we loved Call of Duty and stuff. So it was kind of like another way to, to play Call of Duty, I guess. And well, sure. A lot, of, a lot of YouTube, you know, um, I think our first channel I watched was, um, I think it was like Crazy Man in the Mask or something, but... What? <laughs> there's like what this rumor, you know, you know, you like Matt? Yeah. Like, there's this rumor that he had a YouTube channel, like, I guess it would be like 10 years ago now. Um, but he would make these really funny videos and he would promote like, like insanely hard, like just really, it, all the videos are taken down and the channel is deleted, Oh but shit! he looks, he, he would always wear a mask. I think it was like idiot in a mask or something. But he would always have this mask. He would make like the dumbest jokes and do the dumbest things with airsoft guns while also just saying, go to evelike.com you know, blah, 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 and stuff like that. And he got really popular and then, um, kind of faded away from airsoft for a little bit. And I came back just to look at his channel and it was gone. Um, but there were like glimpses of his, like 
back of his neck and his hairline and stuff. And you can kind of oh, see right. the similarities to if you look back at younger photos and videos with you like Matt in it. So like, that's really what kind of got me into it. Oh my gosh, that's wild. And then I've been watching never... your channel too. You did unboxings and reviews and all that stuff. Right. Yeah, no stop. kidding. Our channel is really morphed like I don't know yeah. a, a handful of times. Well, I feel like it's a lot of times, but it's really only once, twice, I guess, because unboxings, reviews are pretty much and then gameplay is pretty much all fairly normal for a airsoft channel. Mm-hmm. And then but the podcast thing which I'm sure you know you've heard most people have heard uh, how it started. So it was, you know, it just uh, it changed um, a lot. And uh, I really got a shout out before. Um, I, I need to shout out all the people that supported us in the beginning when we were doing unboxing reviews, because I, uh, you know, kudos to them for sticking with us, uh, sticking with our channel from all the different changes we went through. And, um, and now if they're still around with the podcast, then, uh, even (laughs) shout out to you because, uh, I, I know, you know, when, when somebody finds a channel, especially like ours, where you're used to watching these unboxings and, uh, and I feel like ours was, you know, uh, some of them were pretty exciting because we had so many people involved. It wasn't just one person or two people. It was four yeah, you guys of us. had a whole group. Yeah, and sometimes six of us. <laughs> yeah, different style each video. Right. So uh, I feel like, um, you know, hopefully I haven't disappointed anyone, you know, along the way with changing to this podcast. It's uh, it's really just something that uh, came out of, ne- uh, I, I guess, necessity and then uh, to, to put videos up. But then um, for me personally, this is something I found – I didn't know uh, until I started doing it. This is something I found that I, I really enjoy. Like this is my thing. Um, I'm not good at it. I'm not good at. <laughs> like I said earlier, I'm not good at following like a podcast format. Um, and I've gone yeah, through some transitions. You're good at that. talking to people and just oh, getting to know you. them. So I think I, I try to listen to some of your podcasts. They're just really long, and I don't have a good. Oh, they're long. Span, so <laughs> they're going to sit down and, and listen to those longer ones. So I'll just skim through them and listen to some snippets of them. And sure. You seem to got a good thing going. It's been doing it for like a year now. Looking yeah. back. Thank you. Yeah. I, uh, well, and I appreciate you uh, checking our channel in the beginning as well, you know, from the beginning. So, yeah, we, uh, me and the boys have talked about, like over Christmas time, we talked about uh, getting together, doing a unboxing again, and uh, and then it just kind of faded away. <laughs> yeah. We haven't talked about it again yet. So I, do, you know, I am going to travel this year. Um, not travel, travel, but I am going to get around and to a couple of mill sims and meet some more people that I've had on the podcast. You know, where are you? Where are you based out of right now? Uh, South Carolina. Okay. Yeah, Greenville, South Carolina. It's not that far. No, from you guys, um, I'm not sure about Fort Lauderdale. Uh, it's probably around eight-ish hours. Uh, Say a little drive. more. Um, 
you go you go to the uh, third coast airsoft events, right? In like GTA in Georgia yeah. and those. Yeah, so that's I think that's eight hours. Okay. So it's probably ten or twelve then because yeah. my cousin lives in Florida. He's in uh Ocala. Mm. Which I think is about in the middle of the state. Yeah. And um and so I think it's about eight hours for him to drive up here to visit. Yeah, that's three hours northwest, so right now. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Now, are you from Florida originally? Did you grow up No, I'm from uh, New York, upstate New York. Oh, shit, okay. So um, I moved down here after college because I was just really sick of the cold weather. Bro, for real. Yeah, I heard I saw some of your past episodes. You were in like uh, Wisconsin or something, or uh, Cleveland, Ohio. Cleveland, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, it's yeah. cold there too. So yeah, hell with that. Yeah. yeah, I don't like it either. We got up this morning and it was uh, there was frost on the uh, car windows. Mm. I was like, God bless it. Can you just? Can we just not? Okay, like stay around. If you're gonna get cold. 45 is fine, but, uh, you know, just don't be freezing shit. All right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, I was really, um, well, I went to school up like on the border basically of New York and Canada. Yeah. So, um, it just got super cold there mm. and I just yeah. was like, I was really sick of it. So I just like was only applying to jobs in the, in the South region. And my girlfriend was like, you should uh, look at Miami area. So I was like, all right. And then next thing you know, I'm getting a job and we packed up the car and drove down and oh, shit. now we're here. Oh, that's cool. What did you, uh, what did you study in college? So I'm like, a, it's like a dual degree. It's engineering and management. Oh shit. Okay. So, I don't really know what to compare it to. It's just a general engineering degree and a general business degree kind of gotcha. together. So what kind of, uh, I'm not familiar. Like I know the, the specific kind of engineering, right? Like, um, civil, mm-hmm. um, yeah, the different disciplines of, ke- right, right. Chemical, uh, what's the other one? Mechanical engineering. There's tons. There's so many out there. Is there? Okay. Yeah. So, the this the general one. What is what is that? So like, I guess it, it'd be think? closest to mechanical engineering. Oh, okay. Um, but math still. Oh yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> I hate math too. I got through it. So nice. um, my like focus area was in like supply chain and project management. Oh shit! So, yeah kind of dove more into the the business realm versus the engineering side. Right. Um, So then I got a job doing supply chain for a pharmaceutical company down here. Right. Okay. Man, you know, that that is something that's like the unsung hero kind of thing with uh, that uh, field because logistics is one of those where it's super, super important that things are correct and it runs smoothly and nobody yeah. ever gets credit for it. You yeah, only exactly. get <laughs> neg- or you only get hate 
when it screws up. So it's not like you're the face of a business or a category of, you know, of jobs or something, you know, like, um, you, you, you're kind of like the nameless faceless behind the scenes mm-hmm. where, uh, cogs that are working over time to make all this stuff run smoothly and, uh, and never get credit for it. <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. And when something goes wrong, it's, they're all looking back at us. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yep. But okay. I, well, I, I like it. Go ahead. I like it a lot because um, my position with supply chain is more of the supply chain of information. Mm. So I basically relay all information from every department. And so um, if someone needs to know specific things, um, mm. I'll compile it all and I keep track of all the data and everything. So I'm like a central... Wow. hub of information for the whole company. So I basically am forced to know what's happening in all the areas. So it's really cool to see that versus like if I was just in manufacturing or QA, I would only be focused on those that smaller scope versus right. the supply chain. You learn the full, full business from the sourcing of the materials all the way to distribution to the customer. Holy cow. Bro, that's a lot. Like pharmaceuticals, you're, you're sourcing uh, materials for the stuff to be made? Or Yeah. Well, really? Yes and no. So, okay. The procurement department, right. which is just purchasing, they're the right. ones who are like getting the stuff and like sourcing the stuff. Right, right. But, but you have to make really... sure all that information is entered. Right, they gotta know when to buy it and like how much and stuff like that. So it's like production planning and scheduling, really. We'll be right back. This episode is sponsored by Skirmish, the future of Airsoft gameplay management. Are you ready to take Airsoft to the next level? Skirmish's innovative gameplay solution keeps players and spectators engaged with real-time updates. Capture objectives, detonate targets, medic, and more at skirmish-enabled fields. Skirmish tracks every action so you don't have to. Review past games, action by action, and follow your progress in national rankings. Phones are not required. If you want to find out more, head to skirmish.net. And check out episode 157 of this podcast where I talk with the owner of Skirmish about how it started and how it works. Stay connected, my friends. Now, what are those? What are those systems like? What's a common system that those that 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 kind of stuff runs on? Is it um, a AWS or um, no? We had a AS five hundred, I think. I worked in uh, logistics years ago, just for about six months, um, and we had a ca- uh, inventory system that we had to run uh, in the warehouse, and it was on one of those handhelds. Uh, and it was it ran on AS five hundred and what I, I think that's what it was called. But and I, I guess that was a pretty common thing that a lot of companies used in where, for warehousing type of you know logistics stuff. Yeah. I mean, when I had an internship for um, like a, a food logistics company for frozen yeah. goods, they used. I'm pretty sure it was really close to what you just named AS five hundred or something like that. 
Gotcha. Um, but my company, we use SAP. Oh, SAP, our, right. As our ERP system. Yeah. Dude, I tried to learn, well, I did learn it. I had to, that was another one. Uh, when I worked in a shipping department for another company um, a long time ago as well. And that was, uh, we used ASP or uh, SAP. And I was like, what is this? And man, it was a super powerful tool uh, with a lot of features on it that I was there a little while and it, I still didn't learn everything on it. It was a lot. I think it's really good and it's also really bad at the same time. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of tools, like you said, and it can do a lot of good stuff. If it's not done properly, it can really mess up your company. Right. So it's important just to know what you're doing. And when I first started, my boss, she was like a wizard. She's been doing SAP stuff for like 20 years. Oh, so wow. basically my whole life. So whenever there's a problem like anywhere in the company, everyone would just go to her and and she would know exactly what to do. So she's kind of kind of training me on being like a super user so everyone can come to me and yeah i can help them out with their and also good experience to know because a lot of companies use sap right yeah they do that's uh yeah i forgot about that one well you know when i started learning all these microsoft tools um a long time ago uh excel and um PowerPoint and there's one they they had a data entry one that's on Microsoft Office. I don't know if it's still on there currently, but gosh, what was it? Um anyway, it was uh it was kind of like a maybe like a you know bad version of SAP or you know a real basic, basic, basic dumbed down version of that kind of thing, you know, data entry with a lot of drop down boxes and you could customize yeah. um, certain things, but it was built... smart. No, this is before, uh, it's before that. It's probably not even on uh, Microsoft office anymore. Yeah, to be it's probably before my time. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, dude, it was, um, I remember I was just really curious about a lot of computer stuff when, um, when I first started working on computers, you know, myself, my, me and my buddies built our own gaming computers back in the late nineties. And, um, so just learning all these different things with that we were trying Linux, you know, we would partition our hard mm-hmm. drive and, and, uh, put Linux on one, you know, part of it. Yeah. And Windows I'm on, on Linux other. right now. Are you really? Well, mainly because, um, my laptop is just like a bunch of spare parts put yeah. together. So I got I got a computer for school, um, and then over the years I would break it. And going to engineering school, all my friends just had the extra spare computer parts laying around. Mm. So when something breaks, I would put it in. And one time I, I accidentally wiped my hard drive. Oh, shit. I don't know how. I really don't know how. So it must have been like a magnet or something. But I go to turn my computer on, and it's just like... it. The screen's all black. Yeah. So we had to put a new one in, and my friend just booted it up on a flash drive and gave me like a, a $2 version of Linux that I've been using since. It works <laughs> just fine. So. That's awesome. 
Yeah, I love that. I love that. Well, I keep getting this uh, notification right now on my Windows update thing or whatever that it wants to update to Windows 11, but I don't have I'm strong and powerful enough. I think it's the processor um, is what's lacking. And I'm like, I'm not upgrading this thing right now. So I don't really care if I have the newest version of Windows. I mean, what I'm doing right now, this works for what I'm doing. You know? Yeah. Yeah, especially like some updates will just eat up your storage too. Oh, for sure. Or just stuff you don't even need. No, stuff you don't need. I That was one of the things when um when we were building our own computers back then, uh, Dell computers was just starting to become popular. And I remember it was the big hype for kind of mainstream people that didn't know how to build their own or, you know, didn't know, like I bought a Micron. So Micron, I think got bought out by, uh, Alienware who builds mm, yeah. really badass uh, PC or gaming PCs now. Well, I bought a Micron bare bones version. So, and then I, you know, I put all my stuff in it. So all my friends and family, not my friend, not my, not my gaming friends, but, Coworkers and family and stuff, they were starting to buy the, you know, the new Dell computers. And, uh, and then like two months after buying it, they're like, you know, we'd be talking if we were, you know, over for a cookout or something. They're like, oh, my computer's so slow now. And, uh, you know, I just, I, I feel like it's this and that. I'm like, let me look at it. So, the, and I remember looking at the first couple of Dell computers that, uh, friends and family bought. And it was, you know, when you go in the background to see what is uh, starting up on startup, yeah. there was so much shit put on there that was unnecessary. I was like, what the hell? So I started doing some research on the forums back then, and uh, it was Dell made uh, the reason they were able to uh, mass produce, like put out that many computers on that kind of scale, mm-hmm. was because they made. Um, you know, contract deals with all these software companies to put in all this, uh, you know, small amounts of software to run in the background to collect your data, you know, just like traffic, like what you did. Um, We were still on dial up internet. (laughs) (laughs) Don't laugh too hard. Um, it, it was, uh, dude, for real. Like you see those old movies where the, um, you know, the the modem and the telephone line and everything. Yeah. So we were still on that, but uh, anyway. But so that was, I was like, you know, that okay. Now it makes sense why, why this is happening. My mom did the same thing. I she said, I want to get a computer, and uh, and I said, let me build you one. I can build you one for cheap. It'll run really good. Um, you're not going to do much. All she wanted to do was get on email. And um, this is after my dad died. My dad died suddenly. He was uh, a tree fell on him. Actually, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, it was it was you know freak accident. And um, my mom and dad were together 42 years, I think. Oh. And uh, so about a year after uh, is when she started talking about wanting to get on this email thing for her church group and all this. I said, let me build you one because two of my sisters had gotten Dell computers and then a couple friends. And I was like, they're shit. Okay. Don't get yeah, one. They're garbage. So, 
And it really is. I was like, you're paying, uh, you know, and they were selling, you know, they were pretty expensive at the time because of the name was uh, starting to become like a brand name. So I said, I can build you one for half the price. It'll run way faster for what you need it for. So anyway, uh, she bought a Dell and I said, didn't I tell you not to? She's like, well, you're not my parent. You know, like, you know, we we're just joking yeah. around. I was like, okay, you watch and see. So like three months later, of course the first, you know, I'm teaching her what to do. I'm like her tech support. So, um, and then three months in, four months in, it's just so slow. My computer's so slow. I said, what yeah, did you download? <laughs> She's like, I don't know this butterfly background. I said, oh, good Lord. It's malware. Get out of there. So, yeah. Well, I like the butterflies. I'm like, do you want a fast computer or do you want the butterflies? Because you can't have both. She said, oh, I, I, I like the butterflies. I said, okay. You like keep that. In the <laughs> oh, my God. It was so funny, dude. So, anyway. But, yeah. That was uh, the – I was studying all this stuff to try to learn, you know. I was really fascinated with all this data entry stuff, whatever. I tried using Excel uh, like three or four years ago. Mm-hmm. Or not tried using it. I started, you, you know, I've used it for so years. It. Yeah, I tried learning it, right. And I once I delved into videos about it, I saw how powerful of a tool it was. I was like, holy dude, there are yeah. so many tools you can do with this. But... Anyway, so you do a lot of, of that kind of work. Uh, yeah, with data pretty much and... every day I use Excel and SAP. Mm-hmm. And what's funny is in in school, learning Excel and SAP, I hated them. Really? Um, because we used the older version of SAP, which wasn't really user-friendly. And we were just following like a step-by-step guide. So we weren't really... Right. We were just going through it. And I just... I just hated it. And Excel, remember how I said I had the Linux uh-huh. um, c- computer? So I I couldn't use Excel because I didn't have the um, Microsoft package installed. Oh, so shit, I was right. just kind of like using like a f- cheap Linux version yeah. of Excel. And I was trying to follow along the best I could. I just really couldn't do it. And it was my last semester. Um, and it was during COVID, and I was just like, was just trying to pass the class. But right. I hated those two softwares, and now I use them every day, and yeah, they're amazing. Well, I was gonna say it's it's probably it's a different, you know, different um, perspective because you are you're not just following orders like, or you know, like you said, you know, we're we're just doing we're going through the motions basically. And that that's really not the fun part. The fun part is exploring. And, like yeah, and oh, I can do this and I can do that. I mean, yeah. actually solve problems. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. Now, do you do you find yourself like um are are you does that come naturally for you? Do your does your brain work like if then statements? Do you do you um does that make a lot of sense to you like how those things work? Um, I would say, I don't know. <laughs> um, I would say yes, yeah. to an extent. Like I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm a, I'm a wizard by any means, but I think I, I'd in, in high school, I did a lot of coding and basic okay. level coding and some robotics and stuff. 
and I thought it was awesome. Um, so I understand what it is and like trying how to read it, but that's really the extent of it. Because I started school as a computer engineer, mm. and the first class I couldn't even log on to the computer because you had to like open the program um, term- terminal thing and like type in a line of code just to open the login. It was just too confusing for me. And yeah. I just knew right then and there, I probably shouldn't be doing uh, computer engineering. <laughs> so I know enough to, to talk about it and, and look right. at it, but not enough to, to do it. And that's kind of what my major is, is just know enough about a lot of different things. Right. What the management yeah. aspect is is just to know enough about it to tell people what to do. Exactly. Well, a lot of those tools now are built in. Um, there's a lot of coding packages. Then a, a line of code now that's written for, let's say, for a, a website like web design would look way different. Or I guess it would the same line of code or the same characters, maybe the same length of characters could do more now than it could back in the late eighties or early nineties. I'm, you know, uh, because I think they shortened a lot of, uh, a lot of these strings that we had to, I, I learned like very, very little, but I remember having to put in, and I don't know the names of these keystrokes, okay? But the little arrows, right? Mm-hmm. The greater than I don't know what they call either. Yeah, I those. Think. I call um, them alligators. Okay, so we would have to put break or page break or uh, line break or something break. Christ, I can't remember. One of these guys uh, that I met years ago um, helped build or he built a website for me um back when you had to actually like literally build the whole website and um this is probably 18 years ago and uh he was teaching me as he was going so i learned very very little uh in that time in those few months that we worked together but um but it was interesting but it it just amazed me when i first learned it how how many lines you had to type to do one little tiny mm-hmm. basic thing <laughs> i was blown away i was like oh, yeah bro it also uh, depends on like what the language is because some languages are mm. um just depending on what you're doing obviously but yeah some are better for different tasks than others maybe that's what's changed mostly maybe the code is the same like in the back end but the maybe the language is Maybe that's what I'm thinking of that, you know, because there's what C plus 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 or something like that. And I don't even know. What were they teaching you in school? Um, in so, high school for like yeah. the basic robotics, I did like C plus plus. Okay. Which is like a, a bare bones C plus mm-hmm. basically. And then in university, I'm pretty sure it was C, but like it was so different than what I was doing. And everyone else in that class had been coding like their whole lives. Oh my god! So it was definitely not an entry level class, right? Yeah, 
well, it, it's good that you figured out, hey, this isn't uh, something I'm going to enjoy doing. Because if you don't enjoy the, the process of learning whatever it is you're going through, then it's just like, dude, don't yeah, force that yourself. Was, that was me with math. I just I just thought it was dumb because when you got to like the higher level maths and you spend like five minutes on one problem only to get like number zero. Yeah. I was just like, what's the point of this? Like, it's just all that work just to do essentially nothing. Or you're just writing right. the same thing four different ways. So. Yeah, I hear you. So how, uh, so you, you went from New York to Florida. Now, were you, uh, were you active in New York with uh, Airsoft? Or did you really take off more when you got to Florida? So when I was younger, I did... I played a lot of airsoft in, so I was from Syracuse, which is in the middle of the state, mm-hmm. and there's a field out in like Rochester called River City Airsoft. I think that's where um, uh, King Lobo, okay. I think he's yeah, from area. It's a pretty popular field. It was really fun. It was my first outdoor field. Um, me and a group of friends, we loved it, and it was, it was far away for our we were young, so we really couldn't drive. So we would have to have our parents drive us. And it was like over an hour away. So we really couldn't go as often as we liked. Right. Um, but as we got older, we were able to take ourselves there. And then eventually we went out to to Buffalo, Buffalo Battlegrounds. Um, and maybe like five to eight years ago, it was a lot better than it is now. Because um, it was a lot bigger. But they, they chopped it up to me like a Nerf field. And they added like arcade games and like axe throwing, so it's more of like an entertainment place now oh, versus okay. just an airsoft place. But that's that's where I started. Um, yeah. Was those two places, and then um, I would do Operation Bad Blood. I think I did that twice, two or three times. Okay. Um, and then I went to deeper. I got into high school. The less I played, because so I also did a lot of other sports too. So I really didn't have time. And then pretty much didn't play. play. Uh, I did um, mainly hockey for like 18 years. Ice Um, hockey? Yeah. No shit. Okay. And then I did lacrosse. I did rowing. A little bit of volleyball, tennis. I tried cross country. And then I would also work out um, like three times a week. So there'd be a lot of overlap. So I was super just... You know, doing one thing after another. Very active. Okay. Yeah. yeah, man. Hockey. Okay. So you started that when you were little then? Yeah, like just before kindergarten. Now, did your, was your dad, he was a hockey fan or did he play hockey before? Yeah, my whole, my whole family played hockey before. Um, I, when he asked me, I was just young. I didn't know. Right. I was getting myself into, but, um, <laughs> You know, we went out there, we skated, like the learn to skate. So you'd have all the gear. You just, I didn't have um, a hockey stick for like the first two years of my hockey career. Cause we, we didn't do anything with the stick. We just did, we just did like skating, like footwork. Yeah, drills and stuff with, like uh-huh. yeah. So, I mean, to me, I was just like something to do. Um, and then the older I got, the more competitive we got and we got we got pretty good. It was fun, but 
got to a point where it was more competitive than it was fun. And mm. just kind of the fun for me fizzled out. So I just kind of yeah. went through the motions the last few years. But That happened with me with baseball. Uh, I loved baseball. And, uh, and then when I was 13 and 14, I was on a traveling team, a tournament team. So we played as soon as the season would start in May or whatever, uh, we would play a game on Tuesday, a game on Thursday and a double header on Saturday every single week. And then we would practice in between even on Sundays. So for two years during this the season, uh, you know, of course we start practicing like in April or whatever. Um, you know, it was seven days a week baseball um, yeah. for that, for that whole season. And, uh, I was so burned out I, and it just, unfortunately it's like, if it's not really your thing, um, if you do it like that much, then, uh, it does lose. It's, fun you know the fun part goes away it's like it just became work uh and i I didn't like it anymore but i went from that into i was playing football since i was in fourth grade and then so i went from baseball into uh uh wrestling yeah so it was yeah i I did the uh just the three basic ones like that but that's what happened i didn't get burned out with football or wrestling but uh i did with baseball because it was so much you know yeah if you do it too much and it just starts to get i guess too routine and not really fun and more like work like you said versus versus like a hobby or a sport it's just kind of yeah takes away from it yeah definitely yeah. So, so that's, I mean, that's good though. You know, there's so many people I've talked with that um, I'm really surprised to find out that they did not play sports growing up, uh, you know, that are into airsoft now. And um, it just, uh, I, th- I think it surprises me because airsoft is such a active sport. Yeah. And they're like, then they're adults, you know, they're in their twenties and they're like, yeah, I never played sports in high school. I'm like what? It's just, strange you know yeah, like, a lot of a lot of gamers really right that's kind of what appealed me because i'd like to play call of duty but i didn't like sitting still uh, on the couch so i picked up are you still kind of active like that like your job it sounds like you have to sit or stay stagnant for a while right mm-hmm. like uh stay in one spot yeah so um when i first started i i asked my boss to get me like a and those standing like desks like that go up and down. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty much in my little cubicle all day. Yeah. Um, and I got, I get bored pretty easily. So I had like a stress ball that I squeeze and I had like a fidget spinner and, uh, listen to like five beats in the background all while doing like three other tasks at the same time. I'm pretty sure I know my coworkers just by standing up and down every like 45 minutes. <laughs> I get the job done. So yeah, for real. Yeah. I'm the same way. I have uh this desk I'm on now where my monitor's on is one of those desks that goes up and down. 
So there's times I've actually done it on the podcast, uh, not so much lately in the last month or so, but where I just, I can't sit anymore. And so partway through the cast, I'll just be like, hang on a second. And I'll just stand up and kick my chair out of the way because uh, I get tired of sitting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. To circle back to your, to your original question about yes. um, how, like if I was more popular in Airsoft in New York mm-hmm. or Florida. Um, so basically once I graduated from college is when I had more free time. So uh, I was living back with my parents, and um, I came across all my old airsoft stuff. So I started selling it just so I can get new stuff. Yeah. Um, then I played, traveled a few times to Buffalo, then down to EMR Event Park in like northern Pennsylvania. Um, played a few times there, but really what I was doing was just buying and selling online. I started like with my old stuff, sold it all, then bought. Um, I think it was like a Scorpion Evo, which is my my all time favorite gun. And then I had sure. some extra money, so I had just bought like mystery boxes, like every other YouTuber, and just started doing, um, like unboxings and then selling it on like Hop Up or whatever. Right. Um, and I just kept rinsing and repeating. Um, and then when I moved kind of like my YouTube channel took a hit because I wasn't really doing it consistently during the, the process there. Right. And um, then I kind of had to get settled into the new place and new job. So my whole lifestyle really changed, so I couldn't really keep up with the YouTube. Mm. And then I had to go find you like airsoft places down here. <clears throat> so after I started playing down here, um, I was still buying and selling um, online and I just kept I just kept doing it and doing it like ridiculous amount of times and then mm-hmm. eventually I was like I need to start my own website because I have like a room full of stuff yeah. and um, I was banned from hop up so I was left with just discord and a lot you of people didn't yeah there's a Why? whole I didn't know people could get banned from hop up I don't know much so, about pop-up, <laughs> to be honest. I don't like it because okay. I, it was good. Yeah. And really it was good until it wasn't like like most things. But Right. So it's just like uh, eBay or a Let It Go just specifically for, for Airsoft stuff. Yeah. So the idea is great. Yeah, because we actually sold a couple of things on there before. Yeah. When we're so it, doing a mystery box, yeah. Okay, so it's I'm, effective because people are there. Yeah, buy just for that. versus yep. like just eBay. So, uh-huh. so I started, you know, just selling the mystery box stuff on there, like everyone else. I started engaging with, you know, other airsofters in the community. Mm-hmm. Um, what I did, what they didn't like, was drop shipping. Um, I didn't always drop ship, so I would just buy like. Um, like a box of like replica red dots and eotechs and stuff like that. Mm. I would sell those with the guns or separate or whatever. And they didn't like, so I got a warning because they didn't like one of the rules are you have to have the item physically with you to sell it. You have to have what? Like the item with you. Like you can't like drop shit. Like you have to physically have the item in your what? possession. That's weird. 
Yeah, I it understand like it rule. for like scammers, but what I was doing, it didn't really fit their rule set. Yeah. And then what they also didn't like was I was selling like the replica EOTex. And that's obviously trademarked, but logos weren't in photos I was using. Yeah. And they they warned me again to stop. And I said, um, no, because I did it with reason. I didn't just say it to be a dick. I just, because yeah. there was a lot of other users who were doing the same thing. Mm. And they've been doing it and they haven't been banned or blocked or anything. So um, so wait a minute. You couldn't sell a um, a name brand Red Dot or something. Is that what? They were like from AliExpress. You just buy like flashlights and pack boxes and yeah. So they didn't like that because but, what was the what's the rule now that you were breaking? It was like copyright or something like that. Huh. Okay. Yeah, it was. It was. I was whatever. It's their rules. It's their platform. But what bothered me was the other users who were doing it were premium users, and I was a uh, like a regular free user. Yep. So when they warned me again, I said no because users X, Y, and Z mm-hmm. have been doing this for looked like several months and are still mm-hmm. active on it. And I've only been doing it for like two months. Wow. And then they just banned me. Like immediately after okay. that. So I'm I'm wondering if that's why uh if that's happened a lot, because I've heard I haven't heard much about Hop Up. Uh mm. you know, like somebody's opinion about it, except maybe two times, right? I've heard uh, a couple of d- different people say and one of them was actually, or one time I heard it, was actually at the last Milsim I was at, just standing around talking with a group of people, and somebody brought up Hop-Up as a uh, platform to, you know, buy and sell or whatever. And um, some other people were like, no, man, it's trash or whatever, you know. Uh, and so I'm not sure if it was, I, I didn't know the context why they were saying it, but I'm wondering if that kind of thing happened enough to where that's where maybe some of the negativity started coming from. There was a lot of reasons people don't like it. And that's kind of how we got into discord Mm. is I was talking with some of the other users who were really popular. So there's like a community tab setting where you can like make a, a text post. Mm. People can like upvote it and download it. And users would be like ranked based on their upvotes and downvotes. So I would just be talking with some of the more upvoted users and they were having similar issues with like scammers or the hop-up staff not enforcing the rules on um, premium users versus the free users, which was the reason um, I was arguing with hop-up and a bunch of other just like knowing things about the app. But then one day he got banned too and he started his own Discord server which is called, let's see, Airsoft Underground. So that was like my first ever Discord server I joined. And let me send you an invite. Yeah, so I mean, oops, 
Okay, it's a video. Okay, cool. Here we go. So, yeah, this guy, um, his name's John. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure his name's John. It's been a while since we talked, but okay. he started he started this server. And he wanted it to be Discord or a hop up app. People would just go there to buy and sell, and it would be free and it would be, you know, equal for everyone to use it, and the rules would be even, right. evenly enforced for everyone. So, right, it was a great idea. It grew pretty quickly, um, and then I got some more traction buying and selling, and then in the same time, my my YouTube channel was growing, and I started my own server, which is now pretty big. I think. Are you in my server? Um, oh, it's pretty big. It's almost a thousand people. Where is? Yeah, I just sent you the invite. What is this? Dot? So I started. Yeah, I started my own server. Um, pretty much based off his, but just more focused towards my my channel. And then from there, I just kind of kept buying and selling, and now I'm here. Things to do here. Okay, here we go. Oh, nice. Okay. Hell yeah. That's wild. That, um, yeah, the hop-up thing. And then you can use... I mean, Discord has a lot of tools. Yeah. So... And, there, and it's free. updating. Right. Uh, and it seems like... You know, you're not, you you can pretty much talk however you want, you know, like with back and forth with people or what, you know, topics or whatever, you know, like it's not as, um, at least I've never experienced anything where negative, you know, uh, mm-hmm. posts getting banned or whatever, you know, if I create a channel on there, on the server, um, anything that gets posted or whatever. Uh, yeah, yeah. With Discord, the like basics. the company itself is pretty laid back when it comes to you know your servers. As long as you're not doing anything illegal, they don't really right. let you do your thing. Mm-hmm. But yep. you know, in, in the beginning days of my Discord um, experience, it's just like a lot of like negativity and like toxic people, which really just kind of made it hard to just get into airsoft because if you're new and you're in these other servers yeah they're they're just um they're just gatekeeping and they're just um like roasting you for not knowing anything or they're saying their <laughs> gear sucks or just like general to- toxic behavior yeah but that's like that's like killing the sport because if i'm new my only interaction is these toxic kids roasting me for being new or for having like Walmart guns. Then you're not going to want to keep playing. Right. So like, if this is how everyone is. Then why would, why would I want to keep getting more into the sport if it's going to keep being this toxic? Yeah. So that kind of sucks when it comes to discord, but, yeah, that's um, you true. just, I mean, yeah, that's you just, just people. Yeah, gotta filter those people out and 
I think my server is pretty positive now. It's a pretty safe space. Um, I believe there's no, there's all the toxic people either are banned or they're just, they just left because when I first started, um, it was like the Wild West. Like everyone was just saying anything they wanted and it got pretty <laughs> heinous. So um, then we had you some drama. The, and just, did you get, do you get the, the people that, and I don't know if the real humans or bots or whatever, but somebody just starts posting like one word a hundred times. I'm not yeah. sure what that is, but I've had it on ours a couple of times. There's like different ways you can like raid someone's server. Oh, okay. So there's like there's like a bot that'll do it, and they'll like they'll post like an invite link to like a scam server or like mm. something inappropriate, mm -hmm. and they'll post it in every single channel, mm. and just like blow up your server. Or they'll do something like. They'll type a message like you said, and they'll just copy and paste it, and it'll grow like exponentially. Yeah, and they'll keep copying and pasting it, and copying and pasting it, which is really hard to delete because uh, the delete option is like at the top of the message. Oh my gosh! So it'll just it'd be it's insanely hard to get there if you're on your phone too. And eventually, if they do it enough, they'll like they'll freeze the whole server, and it's really. It's really annoying. But Discord now they have like auto mod features mm -hmm. and like anti spam features, which they didn't have like one two years ago. So Gotcha. Well that makes sense because um I think that's why we haven't had too many issues lately. Uh because that was our main issue. Where uh that what you just said, those two things basically, and it was, mm -hmm. you know, over a year ago. And I remember the one time it happened, um, I got a message on my phone from, because I turned off notifications on my phone from Discord because, you know, everyone's chatting back and forth, whatever. So yeah. I got a message from uh, somebody, it was a, it was a DM uh, on Discord, and I, I would get the notification for that. So somebody was like, hey, man, uh, do you see what's going on here? I was like, what? So I went into the server, and there was... Like one person had joined or, you know, this person had joined and then they started posting in like the general chat. Uh, I don't even know, like, hello or, you know, something just non-threatening or whatever. It was just basic, but it was just the same word over, 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 yeah, posting, posting, posting. And then it seemed like a bot because when somebody else would, when you looked at the thread, when somebody else typed in. Like, what is going on or something like that or what the hell? Um, immediately right after they hit enter, this thing would keep going. And uh, I was like, what is going Like, you keep scrolling and scrolling. I said, man, I don't know how to fix this. <laughs> Can somebody please do something? <laughs> so I had, uh, you know, we have, I don't know, three or four or five moderators on here. And um, they go in and do all their shit that they know how to do in it. It fixes it, so I'm like, thank yeah. you so much. Yeah, when I first started, I had no idea what I was doing. Um, and then we had this one guy. Um, he was really helpful. He set up the server. He set up all, like, the security features and, like, the... When you enter, you have to, like, read the rules and, like, react to a post and stuff and mm. different things like that. Um, so he did a really good job of setting that up, but he got to a point where... He was like micromanaging everyone 
and enforcing yeah. rules like it's like in just for no reason just to different people and it got really crazy and then he would like he left and he, he would have people come and like try and raid the server and stuff it was like oh gosh it's like it was really just really annoying yeah, but that's not good yeah, if, if your server, if you have moderators who know what they're doing, and then your server is really going to be fine from like those spam attacks. But right, yeah, it's been, it's worked out pretty good so far. So it's uh, I you know, if somebody that's on here on our on our Discord for a while, long enough to where you know they've interacted and we feel like we know them, then. Uh, if they want to be a moderator, I'm like, yeah, go ahead. Um, and I'm like, please don't screw up the server. I'll just shut it down, okay? <laughs> I'll just turn everything off. I don't care. Um, there's only like one, maybe uh, there's two people that I've given full access to that I trust. Um, and then everyone else that's a moderator just has like – they can do everything except lock me out. You know what right. I mean? So, yeah, yeah. I always, I was like, cause this is what I use to, you know, for a lot of people for the podcast. I'm like, what would I do if, uh, I, I try to go in and somebody just locked me out like shit. I guess I'd start another one or use Skype or something. <laughs> <laughs> Don't I'm going to bring Skype back, bro. Okay. Don't. Please. Dude, it needs on. to rest. <laughs> so what do you use? Do you guys use Teams at work or Zoom? Yeah, we use Teams. Well, so everyone uses Teams except for our CEO. He uses Zoom. Oh, okay. So when we have like our big company-wide meetings, yeah. the assistant will send out a, a Teams invite. With a Zoom link. Gotcha. So it's just some people like who don't know how to work computers will open the team invite and start the team's meeting <laughs> and just be sitting there and waiting. For, By themselves. Yeah. That's awesome. They're like, I clicked the link. No, 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 no. Yeah. Go to the other. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's funny. Yeah. So well, he's special. Like... He, uses, he uses Zoom while everyone else is on the team's. Right. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, my wife just said, uh, she works in a doctor's office. She said the other day, yeah, we just, this year we're using Teams. We're starting to use Teams. I'm like, what? Weren't you guys using Zoom? She's like, yeah. Now we're using Teams. I'm like, okay. What? Is, this is, all right. This is like the uh, Xbox PlayStation rivalry, mm -hmm. you know, like back and forth. Uh, so Microsoft apparently bought the rights to the hospital thing now at least here in this area for uh their office meetings because it last oh, year was okay. zoom and now it's team i don't know i'm guessing you know it's like one of those oh. you know how that how the um how they have the uh their exclusives you know they'll pay for yeah. and uh I i'm sure um microsoft was like we had skype forever it had all these tools and then zoom came out of nowhere and just wipe this off the map. What happened? So they're probably like, okay, we're going to make a new one. We're going to call it teams and we're going to just going to dominate and just pay for everybody to use it. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, Teams is great though. It's like it's like Discord and Zoom together. Really, I've never used it. Yeah, so it's like it's really like Discord. Honestly, like you can okay. chat with people, direct message, mm-hmm. and you can call them obviously, and then you can set up calendars and stuff. So, oh, nice, it's pretty awesome, but. Yeah. I think it's way better than Zoom because Zoom you can just you just call people. Right. Teams is like you can do everything. You can just type message them or call or set up a meeting in your calendar and Oh, so you can do the calendar thing? You can make a calendar yeah. in there? Oh. Yeah. So okay. like if you use Outlook too, then it like it can sync with your Outlook calendar. Yeah. Hmm, interesting. Well, you know what I'm trying to do? I'm trying to get my wife on opening up the calendar on her phone for the, you know, the one I sent her the calendar I use for scheduling all these podcasts, because um, I'll ask her to schedule like our family stuff uh, and put it in there. So I know, handle you know, we don't overbook and um, cause I don't like canceling on these. So uh, unless there's like an emergency or, you know, uh, like for us, wasn't it? Yeah, it was last week, right? Yeah, you had like some power issues yeah, or whatever. We had a major storm here, yeah. So things like that, that's happened twice. And then probably, and then two times I uh, had to work late. And then two times it's been um, family stuff. So my son last night needs something. So, you know, I, I try not to, um, once I set something in the calendar, I try not to move it. And, um, so my wife now she's used to it. Um, but the first month that she was like frustrated with, this is like three or four months ago. She was like, well, I'm trying to plan stuff for the, for this and for the family. And then I'm like, well, I'm not moving my podcast. I already scheduled it. And I already told you about it. You didn't write it down. So she's like, well, what? I'm like, I'm not, listen now, she still uses a, a paper calendar on the refrigerator, oh, no. and yeah. she'll at the beginning of the month when she flips the page, she will that night she will sit in bed and write down everything in those little boxes for the whole month. Okay, her work schedule, yeah. whatever she knows, she'll uh, you know any other family plans that she knows ahead of time, people's birthdays, like she's just old school that way, and I'm like. All right, I sent you a link to my calendar. Open it, and it, it'll update in real time. If I add something or move something, it'll show up so you can see when I'm doing these things. So anyway, she uh, she doesn't like it. I'm like, oh, my God. So now she told me she gets on her Teams thing at work. And uh, so now that, if the, now that I know that they have a calendar feature in there, I might check it out and see what uh, what I could do to integrate that for her. Because, uh, yeah, make it easier on me in the long run. Basically. Yeah, it's the matters. <laughs> so, um, so what are are you? Do you do custom builds? I know I asked you that earlier. So, because I've heard, I've, well, I guess I've heard of some other people have shouted you out. Um. And I couldn't figure out if you were doing custom builds for them or you were just 
offering certain things from your store. I'm not sure. Um, do you know who it was? Because I do a lot of things for a lot of oh, different I know, people. Right? So I, I just want to. Well, you're very connected for sure. Yeah, uh, I really like my whole goal was just to make a positive impact with everyone and yeah. meet new people because this is our common denominator is airsoft. Right. Well, same here, right? Like, yeah. Um, you do that with your podcast. It's pretty great. Yeah. You do. Thank you. Yeah. For somebody that, you know, for myself, I don't, I don't play airsoft. Um, you know, so it's, it's been, uh, it's been an interesting journey, I guess, meeting everyone that, that is very active in airsoft. But, um, so I don't know. I, I'm trying to remember what, when I first saw, or maybe it was a post that you did where you were holding up a gun. Did you recently, like in the past few months, paint a gun or do you do that? Oh, okay. So I don't paint. Okay. I just So I do custom builds, but I primarily do like AAP01 builds. Gotcha. And I think what you saw was there was this like rainbow heat gradient, like upper... Yep upper yep. portion that you can yep. put on so that's exactly what i'm yeah thinking of uh-huh yeah yeah that one okay. yeah that was one of my favorite ones too i actually sent you a photo of that in the chat with my i just put it next to my dog once in a while i'll do like a my story i'll just joke around that like she's the one that actually builds them and i'll show her like with the tools and stuff just holding the gun but yes yeah, oh, so yeah. i i I try to do the those pistols because they're they're easier to do. There's less parts, and to me, I think I just prefer that style of gun. But um, in the past, I've done some AEGs and stuff. But okay, yeah, so really... this is so the pictures you sent me. Uh, is this your girlfriend? Yep. Yeah, I made her put some gear on. Takes right. photos of you for the website. Oh, that's great, dude. Okay. Yeah. So they got her and just some of the gear, and then see some of those pistols and stuff I sent you. Those are just some of the recent builds I did. Okay. For people. My favorite one's that gold, gold and black one that I just did. Yeah, with the uh, the picture of the uh, pistol leaning up against the wall with the patch yeah. in front of it. Yeah. Dude, that's an APO one. Yes. Come on. Yeah, it's getting that is it's wild. It's getting crazy now. They're they're going to be bigger than high kappas. Really? I mean, high kappas. Everyone knows what they are. There's like an infinite amount of upgrade parts. But with the AAP, the base gun starts at under hundred dollars, like nine million right. bucks. Right. So you can get an upgraded. AAP for the price of a stock high kappa or Glock or anything else. And now um, some of these companies are noticing that, so they're coming out with these crazy parts like that gold um, upper receiver part and that gold trigger or the one below it that looks like an MP7. That's mm -hmm. also an AAP. That's just right. a kit that they put over it. I so they're coming that. out with these these crazy new parts for them that just they're easy to install they're relatively cheap i mean obviously with anything they can get 
more money, the better parts you can put in. But even just well, a basic a upgrade package. Are I guess it's really easy to make you know the 3D print parts for this uh, for the AAP. And yeah. a lot of people are doing that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I just I just got 3D printed um, carbine kits from SRU. Okay. Let's see if I have any of those. But I'm also currently developing my own 3D printed products. Currently, okay. so we're, I'm testing them out right now. I have um, a short stroke kit for. The AAP, and what's I think what's better about the one I'm making is that they're going to be in half sizes. So most the short stroke buffers are like one millimeter, two millimeters, and like four millimeters, um, and they just they just go on like the the guide rod and just decrease the length of the the cycle distance so it just helps increase your rate of fire basically right yeah i actually put a, stro a short stroke kit on um uh God, honestly i can't remember what kind of gun it was uh i want to say a high kappa but yeah I think it's it probably a, probably a high kappa this is like yeah. two years ago yeah um, or maybe three years ago actually a guy sent it to me one of our viewers actually if you watch some of our older videos the video or the um we used the uh, tag in launcher and mm -hmm. we reviewed it. The guy that sent me that Mark Patello, he, uh, when he sent that, he actually sent a, a pistol. He couldn't get running. He had it custom built. And then, um, it was, uh, he, you know, he couldn't get it running. He's like, Hey, and while you're, while you're, ch I told him I'd fix it for him. I, he said, while you're looking at it, can you put the short stroke kit in? So I get, I didn't know what a short stroke kit was. And, um, and so I opened up the, the box and I take the pistol out and I look at this little bag. I'm like, this is a short stroke kit. I yeah, asked just like brother, washers. Like, what is this? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's like, it's O-rings. I'm like, what? They're yeah. It's rubber like washers. the cheapest and easiest upgrade. <laughs> it seriously is. I was like, Oh, that's all you got to do. I was like, Holy shit. So there's a bunch of them in there, all different colors. Mm -hmm. So I just tested it as I, you know, I put in so many, and then take out one or, you know, cause they're different, yeah. uh, dimensions. So, uh, or thicknesses or whatever. Yeah. But, they're uh, standard like hole sizes. Yeah. Millimeters. But for the ones we're making, they're going to be in half sizes. Oh. So you can get more in there and really get like as close to the BB as possible. Right. Like, so it can still feed, um, I mean, if you put in uh, enough, you're going to, like, sacrifice the, the bolt lock. The magazine's uh, okay. empty. But right, right. If, if you have, like, a drum mag or HPA adapter, then it doesn't really matter. So you can get that extremely high rate of fire with these, with the half-size buffers. Mm -hmm. So it just helps you get that extra, yeah. that extra edge everyone's looking for. The micro... Microsecond or whatever you call it. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. So that's just one of the stuff. We're also making some other kits and like dress up kits and just other just other parts people put on their guns. Gotcha. So yeah, I was looking at your um your link tree thing with all your links mm -hmm. on it. So the best airsoft deals I'm thinking is your 
Like that yeah, brings up a thing for your store, right? Um, I'm actually going to share the screen. You will Well, you might see it, I guess. So you can see the screen even though your camera's on, right? Let me see. Okay. Yeah, I can so, see. And I'll just share this so whoever's watching can see. So this is um, this is your storefront. Well, that's just like a snippet. That's a yeah, snippet. yeah. Click that. Let me yeah, try and we go. make this a little bigger. There it is. Okay. Yeah. So this is my this is my website. This is your actual site. Okay. Did you build this? You said so. I I use Shopify. Oh yeah. Not sure if no, yeah. So they let you just kind of drag and drop versus just HTML coding. Wait a minute. I use Shopify. Um, yeah, I was looking at your website. No, I don't use the Shopify for the website. I use Wix. Um, oh, you do Wix? Yeah. Someone. The, uh, I was looking at someone today, and they were using Shopify. No, I use. Well, I, I use Shopify for the uh, products on there. So oh, that's, on my that's probably what I was looking at. Then. The storefront is Shopify. Yeah. And I didn't know that you could do the the website thing. Okay, cool. All right, so this is uh, so you got unique events. You're because you're. Was yeah, that, that was, event your first event. Yeah, so that was in October. Okay. Just this past weekend, did um, I click just click on yeah right there the Operation Clean House. The third one in there. Yeah, that one we just did this past weekend, and that one I think is my favorite because it's like a nostalgic search and destroy style tournament. So there, there'll be six teams, yeah, and they'll just do a bracket of search and destroy, like back when you play CS:GO or or Call of Duty. Oh wow! Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. We only had. Um, two teams full of people. So we just did like a best of five, but this yeah. is the first year we did it. I wasn't really expecting full turnout. That's cool, man. You got all the details on here. Okay. Yeah. And I, I try to lay it out as easy as possible to read because I've seen a lot of like events and their rule sets are just like, bro. Not so, good. Well, that's why I'm, I'm saying this because I've gone to uh, these, you know, when I signed up for Stonebreaker last year, almost a year ago, it was um, my first one. And when they were walking me through it, my son, you know, and, and uh, JP was were here and they were uh, walking me through it. I was like, yeah, I'll go with you guys. And they're like, really? It was kind of spur of the moment that I decided mm-hmm. to go. And uh, I was like, all right, so what do I have to do? So I was like, Johnny, just show me what to click on. I don't I don't need to read all this shit. Because when the all this stuff came up, it looked like a page from the Bible. The text yeah. was super tiny. Just a, just a wall of text. Yeah, wall of text. It was uh, not organized. There might have been like bullet point things, but they weren't separated enough to be able to read it clearly. You know, it wasn't clean. Mm-hmm. So the way this looks is uh, is definitely a lot easier. Yeah, I uh, try to do tell. a lot of just comparing to other websites and see what mm-hmm. you know what works for them and what doesn't. Right. Well, that's cool, man. Okay. Yeah, this is good. 
Now, when you do your events like this, um, let me ask you something that I've that I've talked to. Okay, the waiver is online and must be filled out. All right, so the waiver right here, and then the waiver right here. Uh, when somebody gets to the event, how do you do your check-in? Your registration, I mean. Yeah, this is something that we're still kind of developing because we've okay. only done a handful of events, and it's not like there was more than 20 people at each event. Yeah. So the way it works at this one field is we pay per person. So the agreement is everyone who plays will fill out um, a waiver for mm -hmm. the venue. Right. And we'll pay per waiver, basically. So when they come in, they'll fill out that physical waiver. But the one you just clicked on, that's the waiver for just for my company. Right. Because, you know, people... You have to have people. Both. Yeah, so so what I try to do is have them fill out the one online mm -hmm. before they come in. And when they get here, they fill out that physical one just so we can hand it in to the field and yep. pay. Um, so we did a stonebreaker. Third Coast Airsoft hat you know, the event coordinator, I guess there there's there's gotta be one a waiver for the event and then mm -hmm. one for the venue. So that right. makes total sense. But like checking in, right? Like that there's <laughs> somebody's got to streamline this stuff. I don't know how yeah. for you guys, but there's got to be a easier way, man. So the the procedure that I've kind of developed, I mean, and like I said we haven't had big turnouts yet, so it's it's harder to test this out, but right. Um, you know, so we have on our end, we can see who's filled out the electronic waiver. And on our end, we can also print out the, I guess, order confirmation or the, the uh, mm. packing slip. It basically just has like what they ordered on it and their, right. their name and address. Mm -hmm. So we'll have that printed out ready to go. We'll have um, like, like their package. So it'll have their slip it'll have their bracelet and if they have if the event has patches or other cool things it'll be all kind of bundled in one package so when they get there they say their name and we pull out their package that has their name on it mm. hand that to them and then while at the same time while they say their name we check to see if they filled out the online waiver then they fill out the, the physical one. All kind of in the same. So, and since there's like three different things that happen at the same time, they can kind of do the other ones while the next person's maybe filling in the waiver or checking it online or getting their packet. So there's like three things that can happen. So theoretically, three people could be doing a check-in all at once versus one at a time. Oh, that's good. So we'll see how it works with the bigger events, but right, just kind of how we've been doing it. Yeah, I wonder. Um, so one of the events, uh, I think I talked about it actually on one of the podcasts, where the Iron Dagger was uh, was pretty slow on one side. It was. Um, I, 
I was really surprised for an event that size that they only had two people checking in 300 people. Yeah. It's an uh, issue. Yeah, that's an issue. Um, so yeah, it's just, uh, yeah, in my like, opinion, what? as much yeah. as you can have them do before, mm-hmm. the quicker it'll go like the online waivers. So right. say you have an event of like 400 people, you got to send out like a packet to each person and have them, you know, do they're allowed to do the venue waiver mm-hmm. online too. Just have all that set before. So this one, when they get here, we'll have a list of names for people who have done each waiver and people who haven't. So then that's like two different lines, yeah. which automatically splits it. So that, that can work pretty well, but you can't have two people checking in 400 people. That's not going to. Right. It's not going to go well. Well, I thought, what? I mean, if it was me, I don't know the rules. So I'm not sure about if there are any kind of liability issues or whatever, but couldn't you have, uh, can you have players, like participants in the game, sign up to do like this special thing, right? Like um, volunteer. So they volunteer to help out. So, mm-hmm. and to do that, they got to get there at, you know, whatever the stipulation is, you know, get here Friday at 3 p.m. Uh, or 1 p.m., whatever it is. And then you're going to be in charge of, you know, helping the registration process, check in and all that. And because you're helping us out, you're going to get something for it. So maybe you get a, a free tier one ticket so you can play Friday night's night game. Yeah. Um, instead of purchasing the extra ticket. So That's a good idea. that seems like something I would want to do if I was hosting an event because, okay, how many people we have in, because they can see online. There's no, um, if you're selling tickets online, you, you know how many purchases you have, uh, before the event starts. Yeah. One so issue you, is a lot of people buy like the last minute. Right. That really messes things up. Oh, I got you. I got you. Because you'll have, like, say you have an event for yeah, that's true. Like 600 people, right. and the event's a week away, and you only have, like, say, 300 tickets sold. Right. Thinking, oh, we're not going to sell out, but then the next week you sell maybe, like, 150 more tickets, and mm-hmm. it's just hard to plan, so. That's true, yeah. So I know I some that. events do, like, they do an early check-in, like, the day before. Yeah. That Friday is the early check in Chrono and it's kind of reduce the rush on the main day. So I wonder if, uh, if there is, um, you know how, uh, have you, I don't know if you've ever been to a, a concert, like a music concert, but mm-hmm. the way they do it is you, um, you go online when you purchase your ticket for the concert, you do the waiver, they do the same thing. You have to sign a waiver for the uh, venue safety thing or whatever. Um, And you do that in the, or during the ticket purchase process. Okay. And what you get when you get your ticket is, you know, and just, you do it all on your phone. It's very simple, you know, like Ticketmaster or all these other places that offer rock concert tickets. You buy it, 
you ex- you have to agree to all these things first. Yeah. And then you can get your ticket. And when you do, what you get your ticket is that little QR code. Mm-hmm. When I get to the venue, you just scan um, it. They you hold it out, you scan it. Like you can screenshot it, you can do whatever. You don't have to search in your emails for it. Uh, you can screenshot it, save it right there, and then show it to them. They scan it, and when they scan it, it registers you as you know that ticket owner. Um, it checks you in basically, and it knows that you signed the waiver and did everything, you know, did yeah. all that process. And I'm going like, there's a system in place already. Why, why don't these event coordinators use this system? It can't be that hard. Yeah, my up. girlfriend had the good idea of having it. Like, just like you said, when you buy the ticket is like, you're automatically like saying fine print, like by right. purchasing this ticket, I automatically blah, 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 it's like agree and stuff. To, so, yep. And that's, I'm trying to implement that, but the way the Shopify is, it's kind of hard to mm. um, kind of get, like, so say there's like a team yeah. and they buy like 10 tickets. Uh-huh. So if one person buys 10 tickets, then how can they agree for all 10 of those people? So it's kind of like a double-edged sword there. Well, you would, no, you, you have, have to, to limit make it to it, one per you'd person. You have to make, yeah, limit one one per person, yeah. Yeah. Because of how that's set up, yeah. Mm. Right. Yeah, I don't... Well, even when... Um, let's see. I had some tickets given to me. And when they transfer the ticket through Ticketmaster, because, you know, you have the option to transfer. Uh, if, if somebody transferred it to me, which they did... Um, I had to go through, I didn't just have that QR code automatically. I had to go yeah, through the process. Exactly. Uh, so it was built into the software. Um, so that might be something to, that might be something that could work. Uh, if somebody knows yeah. how to design. Yeah, I'm sure there's, I'm sure there's a Shopify add on for, for mm-hmm. ticket sales and stuff like that. I can look into that for sure. That might really help, man, because if your events, um, you know, down the road, you get, you know, three, 400 people because the way Airsoft is going right now, bro, it yeah, seems like, uh, huh. Yep. Um, so you, 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 I don't know if you heard the, the podcast with the uh, MK Airsoft up in uh, Ohio, the, the guy announced on the podcast that he's, uh, opening his third field in the next few months wow. already. And he just started his first field two years ago. Oh. Well, hey, if he wants to do one down here, you can tell me, hit me <laughs> up. I'm looking to go in with someone. Oh, shit. Okay. I mean, yeah, he might be willing, man. He's He yeah. said on the podcast, I will never do more than three fields. Well, but... This would be a half. <laughs> and this goes to anyone else listening. Right? Well, the other thing, too, is, listen... Whenever somebody says that, so if his three fields are running smoothly, he he's the kind of guy that, that can't sit still either, okay? Mm-hmm. So he said, I started, I said, what made you want to start your second field? He goes, honestly, boredom. He goes, my first field was running so smoothly, um, I wanted something else to do. And I was like, well, let's just, you know, go ahead. So uh, 
I feel like he's going to be like in the next year, he's going to be open to another venture, you know? So uh, if you look him up, MK airsoft, his name's Gabriel. Um, You can see him on, I actually, that podcast just came out this past Friday. Yeah, I think I saw uh, that on your, on your story. So you can, you know, his, uh, you can follow his Instagram there or whatever. Um, and chat through him through there. He runs the Instagram, so if you do message him, it'll be through. It'll be him that's talking with you. So, but yeah, that's uh, that could be something that would be. I I feel like there needs to be a, a better option for the safety brief yeah. and check-in process. Yeah, one of the worst things about events, I think, is is just the waiting. Yeah, for sure. It's just things that can be that can be fixed on the event coordinator side. Is there a way to, um, to the, for the safety brief to, um, for somebody that's been to that event or been to that event hosts events, uh, is there, is there a way to, to know like, Hey, I've been here 10 times. Can I already know the safety brief? If the rules haven't changed and the field hasn't changed, which, you know, the most time it hasn't, can, uh, can I just sign something that says I, I listened yeah. to the safety brief? Like I, I think know what, what to do. What would be feasible is like a, like a quiz. Mm. Like in you, if you oh, fill out this idea. quiz, then you don't have to do the safety brief. If you get like an 80% or higher, that's a good idea. Something like that. Cause I think that can definitely weed out all the, all the veteran players and return players. Right. Or um, okay. have the safety brief like as a pre-recorded video, mm-hmm. and have that sent out, with, and then they can just take the quiz there at, at the field. Well, I know um, MK Airsoft Gabriel. He does that. Uh, he has the safety brief on his YouTube channel, and he also has it playing at the field when people mm-hmm. walk in. Yeah, I've seen that a few fields. That counts. Yeah. That's a good idea as well. Okay. Yeah. Saves so manpower to, too. Back to your site. You've got um so you do the custom builds, you'll do the um the APO ones where you yep, do and I do parts on it. I'll assemble it all for free. That's something that I haven't really found at other places is it'll charge you the labor. And I think something I'm really trying to go for is people who don't have that tag experience but want a cool checked out gun is well I'll just put it together for you before I send it to you right it takes me like 30 minutes well yeah you're you're very proficient with it now mm-hmm. this is cool man you're in you're uh yeah okay your website's good you've got a lot of uh yeah, you're I've come, with I've come a long way from from just selling on on hop up now I'm an authorized dealer of those brands and they've right. met a lot of great people along the way who've helped me out. So definitely didn't do it alone. Yeah, man, for sure. Well, I mean, you're building something that's, uh, that's always, you know, it takes a team, even, uh, people that help indirectly like your girlfriend, you know, she's doing, uh, yeah. I mean, technically it'd be like modeling for, yeah, she's a, she's a great helper. Yeah, good, good, good supporter too. You guys knew each other in uh, in New York. 
Yeah, we met at um, a party in, in college. Oh, nice. Yeah. Bro, good. That's like old school. Okay. Yeah, Finally, that's the way to do it. Somebody at a <laughs> in person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> awesome. Hell yeah. That's cool. Well, good deal, man. Um, I am. Uh, I'm really glad we got to talk today. Yeah, I was pretty nervous. I'm not that um, social, so I was hoping I could hold the conversation longer than than an hour. Because I see your other podcasts are are pretty lengthy, so I think I did a pretty <laughs> good job. Oh, dude, you've got a lot to talk about, man. You've got a lot of stuff going on. I I uh, I don't really have a standard like, um, okay, it has to be this long. If I look at the, like what time we started and it's just a natural. If it's there. Yeah. If I, if we run, if, if the conversation starts to slow down, like we're not just like in real life, we were standing next to each other and we were talking Mm -hmm. and it, you know, that like when you first meet somebody yeah, yeah, and it gets a little like everyone, like we both stopped talking and it's like, uh, Okay, and then you just like, okay, I'll talk to you. You know, if you're in a party environment or something, you just walk right. away and talk to somebody else. Or, hey, nice talking with you. And then you might talk later, but, you know, for for then, that that's kind of how I do these. I don't look at a certain time. If it's 30 minutes, it's 30 minutes. It's fine. If it's 45, I don't care. Uh, that, that I don't – when my butt starts hurting or when I have to take a piss, <laughs> then I start looking at the clock. <laughs> yeah, Exactly. Yeah, I gotta, you know? I gotta take my my dog out for a walk pretty shortly. So I got kinda, you. Yeah, I was gonna say, let's wrap things up. up. So, uh, so tell everybody where they can find all your stuff. You got a lot of this stuff going on. Yeah, um, Hefe's Airsoftsolutions dot com is the main main marketplace there. I'm pretty active on Instagram and Discord, especially. Probably the best way to get a hold of me is in my server. Just ping me or DM me, and I'll. I basically just want everyone to be able to get the most out of the sport. So any questions, I'm happy to help. And I really don't want people to feel like they can't ask questions because they're not experienced. So I just want everyone to have a good time. It's, it's just, it's, it should be a hobby. Yeah, for sure. Awesome, man. Well, thank you so much, Hefe. I appreciate you, man. Yeah, thanks a lot, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for, thanks for having me on the show. Absolutely, you were awesome, dude. You're you're very easy to talk with. So, yeah, and when not, it comes to airsoft, I think it's pretty easy for me. Oh, good. I'm glad. Um, All right, brother. You have a good night. Thank you. Yeah, have a good night, man.